Hello and welcome to the Hot Copy Podcast, a podcast for copywriters all about copywriting. And today I'm talking to Rob Marsh. Rob has been a little name and then a big name. He mastered the copywriting world, working with some of the biggest brands and wearing many hats, founding communities, conferences, courses, and more. He's also co-hosts the second best copywriting podcast. The golden question is, of course, how did he do it all and how does he fit it all in? Today, we'll delve into the whens, the whys, the whats and the hows and get a sneak peek from Rob on how his career unfolded and how you can leverage his experience to boost your own. Hello, my name's Kate Toon. I'm a copywriter, the founder of the Clever Copywriting School and the Recipe for SEO Success Learning Hub. And today I'm talking to Rob Marsh. Hello, Rob. How are you? Hey, Kate. Good to be here. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Let me just introduce you uh, first to the to the listeners. For those of you who don't know, Rob Marsh is an expert marketer, writer, and entrepreneur. He's worked as a copywriter, producer, and creative director at various companies, including Franklin Covey, Publicist, and Hewlett Packard. So he has big company and agency experience. In 2004, he joined a startup that revolutionized the online production of design, the predecessor to companies like Upwork and 99designs. And in 2012, he started his own SaaS business so he understands small business too. Today, he's part of the copywriting duo with Kira Hug that hosts the Copywriting Club podcast and community for copywriters of all talent levels. He also consults with a variety of technology and wellness companies to create effective landing pages, conversion funnels, and marketing marketing campaigns at Brand Story Copy and Content. He is the author of the book, Telling Your Brand Story, available on Amazon. He lives in Salt Lake City with his wife, four kids, and a Westie. Welcome, Rob. That was a Holy big cow. bio. Yeah, that was, you should cut that out. Let's, let's <laughs> keep going, because that was I, boring me already. I'll put you in touch with a good editor to, to cut it down a little bit. <laughs> <Good idea. Yeah. laughs> well, let's let's dig into into your story, your your brand story, um, and tell me like how did you? Why did you become a copywriter? Did you did you grow up as a small child thinking I want to move colons around for a living? Yeah, desperately. You know, I, <laughs> the Oxford comma and me starting at you know age three or four were very very close relationship. But honestly, I I mean, like most people. I didn't even realize copywriting was a thing, you know, even all through college. And of course I saw ads and I, you know, I saw the advertising, but I didn't really think through like the process of how that stuff was produced. And so, uh, I was uh, headed to law school, you know, I took the LSAT and I was in a master's of public administration program. And, uh, you know, I was going to classes and I was so bored out of my skull by the stuff that was being talked about in these human resources classes. And I mean, it was just, it was boring, boring. And so before I started law school, I, um, I met a friend at a party and she was doing some copywriting and she suggested that we work on a project together. And again, I had no idea what this was. So I, you know, I sat down, I remember writing a 300 word article for, uh, publication by a company here uh, in, the, in the city where I live and it got published in their little newsletter and from then off I was like this is kind of fun maybe, maybe there's something to do here so that's where I got my start was not a you know was not anything I ever planned through school and I just kind of fell into it and yeah again that's that's where it all came together so were you did you actually drop out of college and not finish your degree then 
So, well, I didn't finish the master's of public administration. I had already finished my bachelor's degree and eventually I went back and got a master's degree in business later on, you know, 15 years later, whatever. But uh, yeah, I dropped out then and there. I, you know, I was just so bored by it that uh, law school never happened for me. Yeah, well, what a what a lucky escape. But although I guess exactly. you know all that study and learning, it, it all comes in handy. I mean, I I did I did classical literature and poetry for my degree, so you know I can name every Roman empire emperor. But uh, I'm not sure how useful that is in the great scheme of things. But I think it is. I think it all all adds up. So you're there. You're starting off. You've had your first article published in a newsletter, and you've got the bug. Um, take us through those first couple of years. Like, did you did you then go and get a job in an agency? You know, you mentioned that you worked in some quite fancy pants agency. How did how did that story begin? Yeah, I didn't immediately start freelancing. I was working for a company you know, as I was putting myself through college. I had just graduated. You know, I started this this master's of public administration, and there was an opening at the company for a copywriter. They were expanding the creative department. They were adding a few designers, and they were hiring copywriters and some editors. And so I applied, and I only had that one piece. I'd really. One no thing. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I went to school, you know, studying history and English. So I, I was a writer. I could write, and you know, so I knew I could write. And uh, I was just lucky that the, the person, the creative director that was hiring, was willing to take a chance on this, you know, young kid, fresh out of college, and see if it was worth it. And I remember, there, you know, in the interview as I was speaking with him, uh, and he said, you know, why should I take a chance, or why should I hire you? And I told him that if he thought that I wasn't up to this, the task and wasn't doing the job that he wanted that I would you know, resign in three months. You know, so I basically, you know, removed the risk for him and just said, you know, if it doesn't work out, I, you know, I'll happily step away. Uh, but there was a lot of opportunity there and, you know, it was, the company was, um, this day planner company, Franklin Covey, you mentioned in the intro and they made these day planners sold all over the world that, you know, people would carry around these, they call them man purses, but it was, you know, these day planners people carried around back then. And I was writing catalog copy and then we would do seminars, time management seminars and money management seminars. And so I would write promotional pieces for those. And that's really kind of where I got my chops. I was lucky to work with a, a senior writer who was you know, really uh, willing to give me feedback and, you know, help me show me the ropes and lots of creative resources that I could learn from there. And, um, yeah. Wow. And then from there I went to an agency and yeah, then the, my career really took off. But I, you know, it's, I think a lot of people who start as copywriters, they launch right into freelancing and it's hard to learn how to write and learn how to run a business and learn how to get clients. And so for me being able to work in house and then in an agency before I even thought about doing anything related to you know, freelancing just worked out really well for me. Yeah. Okay. So there's a few things I want to unpack from, from what you said there. So the first thing is having the guts to call yourself a copywriter or even go for a job with the job title of copywriter that young. I think that's something that people, even at kind of my age are kind of going, I don't, I don't feel comfortable calling myself a copywriter. Am I really a copywriter? Am I a writer? How do you feel about that? Like what, what gave you the right to call yourself a copywriter, do you think? Do you know what I mean? Like, people are really funny about it. Yeah, I think, I, well, we see this all the time. That people will say, hey, you know, I thought I was ready to be a writer, but maybe I need to learn this next thing, or I don't know anything about SEO, so what business do I have to write, you know, a website copy and all this stuff? And, 
Yeah, I don't know what was going through my mind that you know I thought confidence, I could blind youthful confidence. Yeah, I think it was. I just was. I was too dumb to know any better. And so that's it. <laughs> I, just, I went for it, and and it worked out. Things worked out. I mean, I, my career has been very serendipitous. I think you know that one step. I I have never had this master plan that I'm going to be you know this one thing at the end of my career. Other than you know retired with a lot of money, I hope. So <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see if that actually really happens, but. Um, you know, it's just been serendipitous. It's, you know, I do the one thing and then it just has led to the next thing. And that next thing has led me to the next thing. And, you know, a, a job, one job, you meet somebody and that leads to, you know, being hired at the next job. And there you have a new experience, you do a new thing. And so I've just kind of followed that. That path. Well, I mean, I, I wonder often, because I'm very similar and our paths are actually very, very similar. When I was reading through your bio, I was like, gosh. Um, I wonder sometimes, so is it serendipity or being open to experience and taking chances and, you know, seeing the world. I think there's something to do with that because I just don't think it's all, it can all be luck. But there's a couple of other things I wanted to talk about that. One, one little thing that we do um, at our conference in, in, is we give everyone a badge that says, I am copywriter. So that they have to wear that badge and they have to own, own that badge for the day. And uh, hopefully that wears off. Um, so you started, you know, writing these day planners, a bit similar to like Filofaxes. Do you remember Filofaxes? Yeah, basically. It's kind of like Filofax. Or, oh, that's so um, cool. I loved my yeah. Filofax. I want to bring those back. God, I miss them. Stupid smartphones. They're not half Yeah, stupid. smartphones and, and Palm Pilots killed it. It's, <laughs> exactly. It's business now. And um, I love what you said there about how, you know, you didn't launch into being a freelance copywriter. I'm always amazed when I see people who literally finish university and become a, a freelancer. Like, wow, that is some chutzpah. Um, because as you said, um, and same with me, I worked in agencies and managed to work under amazing creative directors, senior writers, but also next to fantastic designers and conceptualists, account managers and producers. And they taught me how to write through a series of ripping my writing apart, presenting it in front of a client, watching the client, the light in the client's eyes die. That's how I learned to write. And I think if I'd been trying to balance my books and market myself. I, I don't think I'd have been able to. So yeah, a similar experience for you, eh? Yeah, totally. And, you know, I think that there's this, this vibe in the copywriting community that if you're not out there freelancing, you know, doing the thing that, you know, it, that that's the goal that you're giving up. You know, if you take an in-house job that you're giving up or you're quitting on the dream and that's not correct at all. You know, sometimes in-house or in an agency is the best place to learn how to do copywriting or the best place to sharpen what you're doing while somebody else figures out how to get clients and how to you know take care of the invoicing. You can just focus on being a really, really good writer. And there are people who spend their entire careers in-house or in agencies, and that's fine. That's Those people are just as good at copywriting. Some of them are better than, than a lot of the freelancers out there. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, it's just a different experience as well. And I think it teaches you a lot about diplomacy and dealing with different personalities. And lots of people in agencies have big, big personalities. Um, and, you know, you, you learn how to sell your copy to a client, project management skills. So, I mean, I think that's a really great piece of a of great takeout for anybody listening that if you can get an in-house job, even for a couple of months, like as a contract, it's such a different experience. And as you said, I don't think necessarily freelancing is the goal for everyone. Because freelancing comes with its whole different world. It's good for people, you know, maybe at, at our age, you know, with kids and things to balance. But I th honestly think at 24, 25, I'd have been pretty lonely working at home. Or, you know, I, I like that kind of group environment. It felt a bit more protected. Anyway, so 
you then left uh, Franklin Covey and then you went into proper agency land. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, the Don Draper world. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, that's, you know, an, an entirely different experience, again, from being in-house. You know, it was very much the agency life. There was a basketball hoop in the middle of, you know, all of the desks. And people played basketball until the CEO, whose desk was the floor below, you know, came up and complained about the bouncing. We had a pool table. Uh, you know, there were several of the, the art directors who uh, would imbibe alcoholic beverages throughout the day to help with their curio- their creativity. Uh, it was very much that agency experience. But that's, again, another place where I really learned how to do different things in the agency world. So I went in as a copywriter, uh, was promoted to eventually to creative director, but I was, you know, I did television production, we did radio production, we did, you know, all kinds of different pieces of the advertising mix. And, you know, it was a, a great learning experience for me. And another way to learn, you know, the different kinds of media that we all have to work on, you know, writing a 30 second script for, you know, a television commercial is different from a very different from even a 60 second script on radio, just because the medium is no longer visual, right? So you've got to, you've got to create different images with the words that you use. It, again, totally different from an advertorial that's, you know, a, uh, placed in a newspaper or in a magazine and has to look like editorial content and still sell. So being exposed to all of those different kinds of projects in the agency. And, and again, like you said, working with some amazingly creative, intelligent uh, people that are able to give feedback, again, just you know, helped me become a better writer. And, and I'm always grateful for you know, the, the opportunity to be uh, at an agency. Yeah, and, and obviously the opportunity to work on major brands that often, as a freelancer, they're just not going to come to you. You know, like the big banks, they're not right. going to come to a freelance copywriter. They've got like five or six agencies they're working with. So you get exposed to these awesome brands and their brand guidelines, tone of voice documents, all those kind of things that you can then apply that to small business clients when you become a freelancer. So Exactly. Um, and also, did you have beanbags? Because I think all ages, it's like a requirement to have beanbags in, in Australia. It definitely is. I don't remember any beanbags at oh. our agency. Um, it obviously wasn't yeah, a great no, agency. No, bean, no beanbags. <laughs> maybe there were, maybe there were in some, you know, in one of the, maybe they were reserved for like, yeah, yeah, for the creative director. He had his own, own special, special beanbag. So, you know, you've had these experiences uh, working, you know, in-house and then in agency. And then at some point you did decide to take the leap to go freelance. What, what triggered that? Why did you want to become a freelancer? Why did you want to leave the the agency world and and give that a pop? Yeah. I mean, I I went from the agency world to another in-house gig. And then after that, I joined a startup that was acquired. And so, you know, over a number of years, you know, came to the point where I actually started my own uh, SaaS company, but it was, was something that I didn't really love. So it was a little product that the people could use to make their own logos for their websites. And it was, it was fine. It worked well. You know, I had some contractors that I was working with and people that helped me out. It was actually a piece of software that was designed and built while uh, by the startup that was acquired by HP. And then I leased it back from HP once they decided to close it all down and, and move on. Uh, but I, you know, again, it wasn't something that I loved. And so I just kind of was thinking, you know, I really want to do just something that I always enjoy. You know, I don't, I hated the feeling that I would have that feeling of dread Sunday night. You know, when you got to think about going into work and I just, I didn't want that anymore. And so, uh, few years ago, I just thought I'm just going to, I'll sell that off and I'm going, you know, all in on copywriting and I'm going to get back to the, the thing that I enjoy the most. It's, 
the, the people that I get to spend time with as a copywriter, the clients that I get to work with, you know, other copywriters, it's just it's so much more rewarding than what I was doing before. And uh, I don't know that this is the last stop on my career track, who knows? But um, for now, this is the thing that just rings my bell. So since then, you've started the Copywriting Club podcast. Um, and we always joke that we're the second best. You're the second. It's just that we're, it, we're all friends. It's all good. Um, and you've, yeah. got your, you've got a community as well. Um, and again, you know, there's, there's more than enough room for lots of communities, people. And you also have a conference. And I have a conference. That's right. That's We've got right. all the same things. Um, it, took me, it, took, it took me a slightly longer than two years. But um, how did that come about? Like, you know, you could have just gone, I'm just going to be a freelancer and I'm going to have a nice life servicing clients. Why all this other stuff? What was the goal? Yeah. Again, I think this is where serendipity comes into play a little bit because I was kind of thinking that, you know, three or four years ago, I was like, yeah, I don't want to... I don't want to create a copy course. Like there's, you know, I was starting to see so more many. of me doing that kind of stuff. And it yeah. just kind of felt really, I don't know. It just didn't feel like me, but um, I ended up buying a URL for the copywriter dot clubs when they released all of these yes. other, you know, TLDs. And uh, I bought that and then I thought, well, I wonder if I should just own the dot com for that as well. And it just happened to be available. So I bought that and I, had that sitting in my GoDaddy account for maybe a year or so. I'm not really sure. We've all been I, there, Rob. I think I've got yeah. about 17 little URLs there for strange things that are never going to happen, but I can't yeah. let them expire just in case. <laughs> well, I've got maybe five or six that will happen, right? So they're, they're all still sitting in there. But um, And I had met Kira in a mastermind group that we were in and we started talking. I was really impressed with her writing ability. She's a super great writer and a really smart woman, great copywriter. And we just kind of became friends in this mastermind group. And I reached out to her at one point and said, you know, I've been thinking I want to do a podcast. Is that anything you'd be interested in? We started talking and it just kind of grew, you know, out of that. So uh, we knew that you guys had a podcast already where you guys talked a lot about copywriting. And there are a couple of others that were out there. And we thought maybe there's something we can do a little bit different. And so we really try to uh, focus in on interviews. Uh, you know, and so we don't do a lot of one-on-one interviews with just Kira and me talking about copywriting, but we do a lot of interviews of copywriters. And for whatever reason, we've been really lucky in the caliber of copywriters that we've been able to talk to. Almost from the very beginning, you know, we, we've reached out to A-listers who are happy to come on. And, and when I talk about A-listers, I'm like true A-listers that are literally making seven figures, maybe more a year, you know, and, and they were willing to come on. And of course, we've, we don't just want to talk to the people who are awesome experts. You know, we wanted to talk to beginners and intermediates. So we've had this really wide range of people that we've been able to talk to and meet and get to know. And it's been an awesome opportunity. If that's all that we've done, like no regrets, like being able just to learn from super really, really smart copywriters is, uh, it's, it's a gift in some ways. It so is. I, I, you know, I'll, I'll admit that I, I've, I'm, I'm like you, I learned a lot of my copywriting kind of doing it. So I haven't done an awful lot of study and I haven't read all the books and I haven't done all the courses, but I've never done a copywriting course. But the podcast has been a fantastic way to learn more about, I learn every week, I learn something new. And um, ours, ours, as you know, is a bit different. We do have, people actually seem to prefer the shows where it's just me and Belinda. I don't know why. Well, uh, that's like me. Yeah. Of course, I, of course I they're going to prefer you too. <laughs> Um, but the podcast is amazing. And then um, uh, you've also, obviously, you've got your community. Um, and you went, you, you started off with a, with a big free community, which is now huge. And again, there's lots of face, free Facebook communities. Some of them 
not as enjoyable places as others. So I'll admit there's some quite uh, quite aggressive copywriting Facebook groups online, yeah, which I find a little bit true. intimidating. Um, and then you managed to use that in a way as as your funnel into your into your course that you have, which focuses more on. Um, Kind of the more the businessy side of it's not so much how to write copy it's how to be successful is that right i'm giving you a free little promo here yeah well and thanks for that we, <laughs> we appreciate it so yeah it, it's um I, I keep going back to this idea of serendipity i mean we started the facebook group so that we had this place to just sort of be a home for the podcast where people could come and talk and uh we really just kind of paid attention to the discussions that were happening in the facebook group from the very first day and really started looking at what are the things that people ask what are the questions what are the problems that they seem to be you know struggling with and for whatever reason we were attracting people into our group that were just really struggling with the ideas around how do i like systematize my business or how do i get started how do i you know do all of like i know i'm a decent writer but all of the other stuff that you've mm. got to do to be a successful copywriter, aside from writing, people were struggling with. And so we put together a course uh, that we call the Copywriter Accelerator. We don't offer it very often. It's not one of those evergreen things. Uh, in fact, the last time we offered it was last April. And I don't think we're going to offer it again until probably August or September of this year. So it's, it's a little ways off. But we really focused in on you know, the mindset of a business owner figuring out processes, putting together packages for your copy. You know, how do you do branding? How do you get yourself out in front of clients and you know, the various ways to do that and, and focused on that. And, you know, it's been, it's been relatively successful. And it's, yeah. uh, really fun. it's really fun to go through a course like that with a lot of other writers and you kind of form this community and learn together. It's been, it's been great. It's yeah, and uh, again, this is because again, I have a community, and again, the same things come out, and I think that whole right brain, left brain thing is pretty hard. And we're, we're you and I are lucky again in that we've been producers, which is very much more left brain. It's budgeting, it's timelining, it's packaging, it's selling, it's you know, it's all that organizational stuff comes very easy to me. Um, and sometimes I get too involved in that bit and find it quite hard to get back to the creative side. And you know, I'm a big user of I sell a lot of templates in the cover copyright school I've got templates for everything because I love to system I just like to color in do you know what I mean like paint yeah. by numbers the copy deck's pretty much there I'm just adding in some adjectives not really of course there's more to it than that but that's my left brain and right brain combining and I think it's something a lot of copywriters struggle with taking that creative hat off oh I love writing I love writing but then it's like no you also need to be marketing yourself every day on top of your budgets you know if you're sending the same email every single week, write it into a template for the love of God. But yeah, people struggle with that, don't they? Yeah, absolutely they do. And, and I think that part of it's because copywriting attracts people who want to be creative and they're good at writing. And maybe we didn't take an accounting course in yes. high school or college. And you know, we're, we tend to be introverts. And so oftentimes getting out, pitching ourselves to clients is difficult. Networking can be can be difficult. So yeah, so we focus in on a lot of that stuff as opposed to copywriting. Now in the future, we'll do copywriting courses, you know, we'll, we'll yeah. do some of that. but for now, that's really been our strength in uh, you know helping people really focus in on what they can do differently in their businesses. Yeah, that mindset. I mean, I think, you know, people go into it, some people go into wanting to start their own business, but I think a lot of writers go into copywriting wanting to be writers. Um, and unfortunately, an awful lot of running a copywriting business is not writing at all. And I think that comes as a bit of a rude awakening to, to many sure. people. Um, mm -hmm. So let's, 
dig into this a little bit because obviously, you know, we're talking here about communities and courses and podcasts and there's a lot, you know, we, we will admit it. There's an awful lot of copywriting courses and an awful lot of uh, people touting themselves as kind of people you can learn from. Um, and uh, obviously a lot to do with why someone chooses your community or your product over someone else's is to do with your brand and what you bring. And I think one thing that I've really noticed, because I know people who are in my community and yours, um, and what they like about the Rob and Kira approach is the Americanness. I don't know how else to, uh, to are put we that, that Are down. we that American? That's funny. Well, I don't think you're American in a kind of yee-haw kind of way, but I think in terms of the way that you sell your copywriting services, the way that you talk, I do think there are differences. Uh, I know what I think they are, but what, what do you think is different in the American copywriting landscape, freelance landscape, that you, you've noticed differences between England and Australia, maybe? Can you think of any? Yeah, I, I think there are a couple. I, I mean, I'm not as familiar with Australia and England uh, as far as copy, because I haven't lived there to write copy there, right? Mm. But I, we do see ads that come from both places. I think there's maybe two really big differences. The first one is the way that we use humor versus the way that... Do, you use, do you use humor in America? Yeah, see, yeah oh, okay. that's, that's what <laughs> So for whatever reasons, uh, Americans sometimes struggle with British humor or with Australian humor. You know, it's, it's just, it doesn't translate quite the same. And, you know, if you want to see an illustration of that, look at the the UK version of The Office. Oh, it's always the example. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because uh, I think a lot of Americans watch the UK version and they're like, this isn't funny at all. <laughs> and Although, it, I mean, it is funny. Uh, and then, you know, you would look at the American version and say, well, this is, this is sort of silly. You know, it's not as intellectual, or, you know, or um, I think a lot of times in the UK, the humor is very biting. And because it's very, it's very, it can either be very subtle or very sarcastic, yeah. dry to the point of like, did he just make a joke? I'm not even sure. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So there are certainly Americans here that appreciate that. I, I tend to appreciate that kind of humor, but uh, it's not it's not cultural wide, right? Yeah. The other thing is that America has a real um, focus on sales. Like we, you know, we have this this culture where you know door to door salesmen through the you know 1920s and 30s and even through the 80s and 90s and people selling encyclopedias and brushes and vacuums and and even today you know uh, we'll have you know people selling cable TV and pest control and alarm systems so like and that I mean we choose, I think we're just more comfortable with the fact that everything is a sale and there's a lot of marketing and our and our culture is very marketing based and I think. In Australia and the UK, in particular, that that comes off as really heavy-handed, and maybe seem a little bit schlocky, you know, and and maybe maybe the word for it is American. I don't know. I uh, know. It's so funny because I was literally going to bring up the analogy of the of the guy with the vacuum cleaner bits in his brown suitcase knocking on your door. Because yes, that that that's a very cliched, and and I'm being, making a sweeping generalization, but that's the kind of the way that we we see you guys. Where I think with with. Uh, Australians and, and British people, and I feel I can talk for both since I'm British living in Australia. It's a, lot, it's a lot more subtle, a lot more storytelling, a lot more joke. And the sell is almost like, I'm all dreadfully embarrassed at the end of this blog post to mention that I actually offer the service that I'm talking about. Please, please, I'm, no, don't, don't mention it. Don't mention it. It's kind of like that. It's ridiculous. Whereas you guys are just like, hey, look, we're selling a thing. If, we, if we've got the, you've got the disease and we've got the cure, we're going to be happy to talk to you about the cure, you know, and then yep. if you want it, you don't. Um, and, and this was a question that came from one of the members of the Clever Copywriting community, um, you know, 
Why? So now you, Angela Denley asked, um, do you think Americans are more open to the hard sell? Like the, you know, just lay it out there, bam, bam, bam. Do you think that's true? Uh, I don't know if it's true because I don't know enough about, you know, whether Australia or the UK is open to that. But I, I mean, it sounds true to me. You know? yeah. And again, I think it just goes back to the fact that our culture is so, it, it just kind of evolves around marketing in so many things, you know, sports is really a marketing event and uh, even even some churches in america are really marketing events right you know it's it's not always about the things that you think of as being divine or spiritual but it's you know a lot of churches and i'm I'm not trying to be critical i'm not passing judgment on that at all i'm just you know i think that you know it's kind of a marketing spectacle and people expect that uh in america more than maybe they do in other places there's there's good and bad to that i think you know again it's um it it might feel schlocky to to an outsider but for whatever reason it seems to work but i love i think what what one of the positives of it is the confidence and that confidence not only to write that kind of copy which is obviously going to work for your clients but the confidence to sell yourself as a copywriter without feeling like you're sort of being ashamed to admit that a you're a copywriter and b that you're selling your services i think that's something that really comes across from what you and kira do and i think that's that's a real positive that all all copywriters could learn from um so and i'm also really excited because you're going to come and talk at um the at copycon i forgot the name of my own conference there you're going to be coming and talking about sales pages and selling. Um, and I think that's going to be a really interesting talk. Give us a little sneak peek of, of, of what you're going to be talking about in that talk. Yeah. So I haven't written my talk yet. Oh, I don't God, have no, nor have I. Nor have I. Don't worry, Rob. <laughs> but, uh, let's, let's just say that I hope to be able to talk about you know, what really makes a good sales page from the American standpoint, right? So I think we were joking that you know Americans do sales pages better than Aussies and and that's kind of what I'm going to talk about. But I, I, I'm not going to approach it necessarily from the, hey, this is what you do with your headline, or this is what you do with your deck copy, or the body copy, or how you make your subhead sing. And we can touch on some of that, but I really want to talk about like the persuasive element. You know, what is it that, that makes it so that as you read a piece of copy, you want to keep reading? Or you know, you get everybody's had this experience, I think, where they've read a sales page, and it's like all you can do to keep yourself from pushing the buy button. And I really want to talk about what it is that creates that feeling and maybe show some examples of people who've done that really well. So I'm excited to come down there. I've never been to Australia. I've been told that as soon as I get off the plane, everything there is going to try to kill me from spiders <laughs> and snakes to sharks. But uh, I'm looking forward to having uh, a couple of days to spend with you guys down there. Yeah, it's going to be great. So um, that's May the 4th. I'll do a plug for myself and, and Rob will be coming to Melbourne. So hopefully getting to Sydney as well to see a bit of that. And yes, the 10 most deadliest creatures in the world come from Australia. So you be you be careful, okay? I'm, I'm going to be, yeah, I'll, I'll bring a biohazard suit. Exactly. Check your boots before you put them on. I guess um, a couple of questions that came out of the community and, and the hot copy listeners were... You know, of all these things that you've done and, you know, especially in the last couple of years, launching these courses and communities, what do you think have been your biggest personal challenges? You know, like maybe pick a couple of things that have made you kind of go, am I doing the right thing? Is this, is this going to work? Yeah, that's a really hard question for me to answer because I tend to be really optimistic and kind of believe in myself. Oh, you're uh, so American. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So but let me let me maybe share a couple of the things that we see over and over and over. And you'll probably see these in your community too. So number one challenge that almost all copywriters tell us, we ask before anybody joins 
the copywriter club, there's a little survey they have to fill out in Facebook. And we say, what's the number one challenge in your business? And I bet 80%, maybe even higher, say finding clients is the hardest thing. And that is without a doubt, everybody's struggle. I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, that a lot of people are introverted and have a really hard time getting out in front of the right clients. They don't always know who they want to serve. So, you know, that's a struggle. And I struggle with that too. You know, I, I don't necessarily have a line of clients out my door. You know, I have to make sure that I'm getting myself top of mind. I have to reach out to former clients and say, hey, what can I help you with, with this time? I have a couple of things that projects that I've been on that I hope are you know, going to turn out really well, big projects, but you know, I'm always, you know, when, before the, before the contract signed, you know, I'm just like, am I going to have enough money in the bank, you know, for whatever I need it in two or three months. So, you know, that is a struggle for everybody and, and something that we work hard to help people solve in the copyright club. I know you do the same thing with your conference and with your community, you know, this is a big challenge that I think a lot of us try to help with. Um, other challenges, uh, kind of mentioned it before, but connecting with the right people, not just clients, but like connecting with the people who can help you move your business forward. And, you know, you see people all the time in our group who it seems like nothing changes from, you know, month to month or year to year. It's always that same struggle. You know, how am I going to make rent or how am I going to find the next client? And a big part of solving that problem is getting to know the right people, different people. So people who maybe have done things that you want to do already. And so they know how to do this stuff and they can point you the way or clients that can help you take yourself to the next level. Or we talk about it because we have a mastermind group and we do training, but like joining a mastermind group with other copywriters or other you know, potential clients or you know, business thinkers, like just seeing how other people do business, people often who are operating maybe on a higher level and you can go, Oh my gosh, you know, how are they doing that? They're I'm no different than them. You know, so you, you learn things from, so connecting with the right people, I think is a huge challenge. And then number three, um, again, figuring out pricing, everybody seems to struggle with that. Right. So, uh, and it's because there's such a huge range in pricing. Some people who are willing to write blog posts for 25 or $30, you know, ridiculously low prices. And then other people who come back and say, I just wrote this, you know, 1500 word blog post for two grams, you know, maybe more. And it's like, wait a second, like there's such a huge disparity. Where's the right place for me? You know, how do you go from, you know, low to high or how do you start out you know, high enough? So those are, those are all three really big challenges that I think all of us kind of struggle with. So you, you've struggled with those as well. Cause you know, oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So you're, you're yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I don't have everything figured out all the time for sure. That's yeah. good, That's good yeah. to know. <laughs> I think and, um, the biggest challenge that uh, I think those three are, are spot on. And if I, if I could add a, add a fourth, um, <clears throat> I think one thing that I see a lot of is, is the amount of emotion and um, kind of the way, the amount of emotion people invest in their copywriting business. And especially I think because we do feel like we're creating something, it is a creative process, you know? So, you know, when it's not taken well by the client or when we're struggling to sell ourselves to someone, it's, it can be quite an emotional thing. And there's a lot of imposter syndrome, comparing yourself to others and their big prices. One thing I do notice in some of, I don't think it happens so much in your group, but in some of the groups, there are a lot of people who come in going slightly chest beaty. I'm the big I am. Look at me charging X for a sales page. And you know, we don't know the story behind that. We don't know how true that is, but it can make other people feel inferior and they're not doing so. So there's a lot of emotion around it. And I think, you know, you said people are introverts. I think, you know, to be a good copywriter, you kind of have to be quite empathetic. You kind of have to be in touch with your feelings. And yeah. that can sometimes be a bad thing. Do you, do you feel that you're 
do you think you've got that side of it under control? Do you do you ever compare yourself and go, oh, I wish our podcast was as good as Kate? And no, I'm joking. But do you <laughs> still suffer from comparisonitis and imposter syndrome or anything like that? Kira and I joke often that I don't have any feelings. Oh, um, you want so, I love it. Yeah, so. <laughs> Um, I, I, I compare myself. Sure. I do. I mean, to other people that are accomplishing things. So, you know, there are people that I look up to and I think I wish that I had, you know, that project or, you know, I was working on projects like that for sure. That happens to me. And, but it's, a, again, it's a process. So just because I'm not doing that today, doesn't mean that I can't be doing it a year from now or even six months from now. Right. So it's always looking for the next opportunity, the next thing that you can take a chance on. We, uh, you know, we've been talking about in our community, this idea of quantum leaps and uh, quantum mechanics. And we talk about it on our podcast. And so I, I won't go into it in real detail, but one of the cool things about quantum mechanics is that um, a particle exists in two places at the exact same time. And this, this sounds really weird. And like, for whatever reason, you know, quantum mechanics and, and physicists need to explain why, but, but how you see that particle depends on where you are when you make the observation. And so, you know, we are often in our lives doing similar things. We operate on more than one level, but we don't always identify the, the right level that we're operating on because we're looking at ourselves in a different way. So, you know, we're, we might be operating on that $200 blog post level in, our, in how we perceive ourselves, but we're fully capable of doing the $1,000 blog post or, you know, the $500 sales page to the $5,000 sales page, whatever that jump is. We're, we're fully capable of both and how we look at ourselves really depends on where we are when we make that observation. So, um, yeah, I mean, if anybody wants to talk, I, I don't, I don't want to necessarily get into all no, of that. I get you. I get you. Or whatever, but yeah. I mean, I think even if you, if you take the quantum mechanics out of it, it's just the way that we, you know, the way that we feel about a quote on one day when we've had a good night's sleep and a great coffee and we're, we're you know, we're, we're feeling pumped. We're happy to send that proposal off. The next day when we're tired and the kids have been annoying and whatever, we look at our proposal for two hours and go, this is never going to get accepted. So, right. you know, even in the matter of 24 hours, your worldview can just tip to the side. But you were talking about leaps and next steps. You've obviously achieved an awful lot in, in the last couple of years. And um, yeah, I guess the question is, what's next? I know what's literally next, which is uh, TCCIRL. Am I saying that right? Um, you are, so yeah. Tell us a little bit about the conference. Um, so, when's that happening? And Yeah, so we uh, last year we started a copywriting conference, a little bit like yours. Ours is two days. And uh, we made the mistake last year of asking way too many people to speak, thinking that most of them would turn us down. And then they all said yes. And suddenly we had 20 people speaking in two days. And we promised ourselves we wouldn't make that mistake this year. And then, of course, we've got 20 people speaking <laughs> after writing in two days at our conference this year. But March, uh, we're, we're going to kick off with a little bit of a, a welcome reception March 13th. And then we get started March 14th and 15th. Uh, you're coming to speak. Uh, at the conference, so you're going to be talking about uh, SEO copywriting, but you're going to be talking about it in a way that's really interesting and exciting, which we're uh, we're happy about. I love the way Rob, whenever he said he said we can talk about SEO copywriting, I'm just a bit worried that all the other speeches are going to be really exciting and people are going to be like, "Oh, SEO copywriting <laughs> so boring," and I'm like, "Rob, this is my bread and butter." Believe me, I'm going to make it so sexy. There's going to be no one in any of the other rooms. That's it. But people won't That's even good. want to go and see any of your other speakers after mine. Just you wait. That's right. Well, we're, only, we're a single track, so oh, everything is lovely. I love that. So, yeah, so I do no, that too. No competition. I love that. Uh, 
Yeah. So, and the really cool thing though is, you know, last year, and I, I anticipate this is going to happen this year, all the speakers stay for the whole time. They're in the audience too, oh, yeah. learning. You know, they're taking notes. Um, we, we had some really smart people that presented last year that are coming back this year just as participants. We have a few participants for last year who are actually taking the stage this year. And I anticipate that that's going to continue, you know, as we get to know more people who come to our conference, that they'll be on the stage in the future years. And so, uh, yeah, it, it was an awesome experience doing it last year. We're excited about having it all come together this year. It is so much work putting on it. Oh, my God. It's crazy. We've talked about that. It's so hard. Like we are, what are we, because I'm getting beanbags because obviously I've got a bit of a beanbag fetish. I'm having a, I've got a mother and a mother and baby area because we get a lot of mums and otherwise they couldn't come if they couldn't bring them. So I have a bean. cool thing you do. Yeah. It's like we're having a little beanbag area, but then the delivery guy's like, we can only deliver them on this day. and And it's like, I've spent three hours trying to negotiate beanbags aren't I supposed to be a copywriter? Like, where did, where did this all happen? I don't know. Um, so the conference is obviously going to be awesome and hopefully something that you're going to run every year and you've got your courses and the community and you've got your own clients as well, which is a little bit different to me. I don't actually have that many clients anymore. Is, is there anything next? Like maybe another book, another, what's next? There's, there's lots of things next. Oh. For sure. I mean, the real next things are conference and then your conference, uh, you know, some projects going on. Uh, we have a mastermind group that relaunches in April. And so, you know, we'll be, we'll be working you know, with a bunch of writers in that, which is exciting. Uh, Karen and I have kind of mapped out a couple things that we want to do differently this year. And so there probably will be a copy course of some kind coming. We're going to be doing the accelerator again, you know, this fall. Um, but really our focus is growing what we're doing right now. And That's at it. some point, at some point, we might get to the place where we don't take clients, although I kind of like having clients as we build the stuff. It just kind of keeps our hands in it. And it's just, it, I really enjoy the process of writing a sales page, you know, and putting things together. And, and I kind of, it gives me a little bit of heartburn to, to want to let go of that. But yeah, we're, we're growing our membership community. We're growing what we're doing. And, and we're just excited to see how it all comes together you know, in the coming years. Fantastic. Well, it sounds like an awful lot. You're like, I'm just doing this and this and this and this and this and this and this. I have Um, Kira there to help. She does a lot of the heavy lifting too. I I bet uh, she does all the work. Let's be honest. No, I'm joking. She definitely Um, does does all of it. If it's good stuff that's happening in the Copywriter Club, you can guarantee Kira's behind it for sure. Yeah, I love that. Um, And we had a great episode with Kira, which you can go back and find in the annals of the Hot Copy podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, uh, where we talked a a little bit more about the American and and Britishness. It's kind of a bit of obsession with ours. But Rob, it has been so awesome talking to you. Um, I think we've mentioned all your things enough for people who are going to be able to find you, but I'll include links to them all in the show notes uh, for this episode. And I guess we're all just super excited to see you in may uh flying over from the usa so uh looking forward to it yeah i'm excited too and you should be sure to link to our interview with you on our podcast because that was a great interview too where you talked about your experience and we've even talked to belinda so you know, we'll put both those in off, yeah. yeah for sure you can share those with your audience and I, love, I think that that sums up something very nice about your attitude and, you know, Belinda and I's is that we're all about collaboration over competition. And, you know, there is enough room for everybody. Um, and I find that, you know, 
people are going to choose things based on whether they like your vibe, but also people are going to buy, uh, do all the things, you know, hopefully come to your conference and mine. If they had enough money, that would be amazing. Do both. They should, we should, do, they should be at both for sure. We should do a package deal. Shouldn't we buy both? Get 10% off. That would be That's amazing. A great, great idea. <laughs> we have to talk about how we make that work. Yeah. One day we'll get a private jet to fly folk over. Well, thank you very much, Rob. Uh, it's been lovely having you on the show and regular listeners will know that at this time we read out a review of the show. I say we, but it's just me. And this time I have a review from the US of A from Dre Zidri. What a great name. I'm sure I'm not saying that right. I could read it in an American accent, but I won't. This podcast is loaded with great info, but it's not a slog to get through. These two women are bright, funny, and totally delightful. (laughs) Thanks. If you're either an experienced or novice copywriter, you'll get tons of great tips and expert insights from this show. The hosts are real and candid and spare their listeners any salesy BS. A++. Thank you very much. And thanks to you for listening. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher or or wherever you heard the podcast. Your review will help others find us and we'll give you a shout out on the show. And as I said, you can head to hotcopypodcast.com and leave your comments on the blog post for this episode find out more about rob and follow links to all his thousand billion things that he's doing so thank you again rob thanks kate i appreciate it until next time happy writing thanks for listening right to the end if you enjoyed this podcast you might enjoy my two other podcasts I have one called The Recipe for SEO Success, which is all about SEO tips, advice, and helping you grapple the Google beast. And my other, The Confessions of a Misfit Entrepreneur, which is all about dealing with the stresses of running your own business. You can find both of them on iTunes and Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts.